The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And a good Monday to everybody out there as we have another week of mixed shots after the Cowboys fall in Philadelphia on Sunday night. Mickey Spagnola, it's a new month. It's the month of November. And there's a new opponent this week that is unbeaten in the National Football League. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to AT&T Stadium. But, Mickey, we have so much to talk about, about last night in Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. You know, the Cowboys, I thought, going into that game uh, had uh, a script that I thought they needed to follow. Uh, First and foremost, uh, the defense needed to step up and prevent uh, this offense with a rookie quarterback starting uh, his first game, a seventh-round draft choice on the road Sunday night, three practices with the first team, uh, to, to, to not ask him to put 30 points on the board. The defense did that. They held uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to basically 15 points uh, on their own. I thought the other thing that needed to happen is they needed to get a couple takeaways. Then um, they needed to sack Carson Wentz. They did both of those things, uh, provided uh, four takeaways in the game, uh, four sacks, six quarterback hits, so they did their job. The other thing was not to fall behind by more than one possession. Uh, They were able to do that. And then I thought offensively, they just needed to use those two tight ends a lot, use some misdirection plays. They did all that. Uh, The unfortunate part is they just made a mistake or two on offense that ended up costing the game, along with uh, uh, two uh, horrible calls on the same play, and then there they are, uh, losing 23-9 to nine, uh, to the Eagles. But they at least given themselves a chance, a chance one or two plays differently uh, to be able to win the game. So uh, as Mike McCarthy said, um, you know, it, it, it was frustrating, a tough game to lose. He felt for his players but he felt like it was a step in the right direction. And I think when you're sitting there at 2-6, and six, you know, you just got to celebrate uh, small steps in the right direction. And I thought at least this game provided that, especially defensively. Yep, uh, it was a, a step in the right direction. And I think, obviously, here we are at the halfway point of the season and here for several weeks now, especially since the Dak Prescott injury uh, things have, uh, as far as expectations go, things have had to be tempered for this season. And so uh, you're building towards uh, the future, really. Uh, although, yeah, going into last night's game, you're a half game out in the NFC East. And coming out of last night's game, you're a game and a half out. And, and I think that makes for a good situation for the team as far as 
uh, being able to say, hey, there is something to play for. Uh, that's, a, that's one of the good things about being in this NFC East where no one is taking control in the division. But uh, I think as uh, media and fans, I think that you look at uh, things that they can build on for the future. Uh, uh, the team can't give up on the season. Fans obviously have. Uh, but uh, I think that it was a good step forward uh, last night, and there's a reason that the Eagles were able to uh, emerge uh, with a win in that game. They had a, a game they otherwise would have no business winning if the Cowboys had any experience whatsoever at the quarterback. Not, not, not to hang it on Ben DiNucci. He, couldn't, he can't help the fact that he's only had three practices in the NFL. I mean, literally, uh, he's had three practices with the first-team offense coming into this game. No offseason, no preseason games, uh, no reps whatsoever, and um, and that's why the Cowboys had to take the approach that they did uh, as far as their game plan on offense, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I, let, can I can I? Hey, we got Everson. Oh, you're here. Everson is here. <laughs> I've been here. I've heard. I heard you, Spags. You sound so sad. You sound <laughs> this small, man. Come on. I'm, I'm gonna step off of my pessimist stool and get on my optimist stool. There you go. All right, Everson. Can, can I say doomsday defense is back, baby? Can I say that? And have, you, and have you believe it? Can I say it and have you believe it? As I watched the game yesterday, I was with my family. We had a great time yesterday. Just really expecting so much worse. I mean, I really mm -hmm. was. So as the game progressed, you know, I'm up out of my, off the couch when we're getting the interceptions, we're getting the turnovers, the sacks. You know, the completions, I see the, the razzle-dazzle we got going. And, man, I just really felt good watching that game yesterday. Now, that's you have to consider where I've come from, where we've all come from. We were so <laughs> low that anything would just perk up my spirits, and it did. And so I did have a good time watching the game, of course, until you can kind of see what was, gonna, what was the inevitable uh, Throughout uh, as the as the fourth quarter started and and, and we started to wind it down, uh, I was just really happy to see you know Diggs, as much as he's still going to have his problems as any rookie DB is going to have, good to see him get that confidence of just being able to catch the ball. That was a tough ball to catch. Uh, it could be considered if you're a Philadelphia Eagle, it could be considered a punt, you know, because he he threw it so far down the field. Uh, he was just hoping for something to happen after being under duress. All day, I'm talking about Carson Wentz. And for Diggs to come up with that catch, that was a pretty good catch. Uh, showed his ball skills. And, you know, anytime you finally get an interception and you make a play like that, that, that fuels you, right? It, it, it kind of gives him a – I think he can stick his chest out a little bit more this week. Of course, the, the, the uh, touchdown came – or the big play came on him as well. But uh, – talking about not just one man having a good game, but the entire defense actually tried to play well as a unit. I love the way they attacked the run. I love the way they kept Wentz on the, on the, on the, uh, on the run as well. But, I mean, as I kind of step over to my pessimistic board, uh, stool once again, <laughs> it's not like we played some hell of a team. You know, mm. let's just be real about that. These guys were known to make all of these mistakes before this game, and they continued 
Carson Wentz continued to make some bonehead mistakes that really shows what a desperate quarterback he is without a lot of weapons on his offensive line. Yeah, and the best part Mickey, you want is, to jump in there? Yeah, the best part okay. uh, on the Diggs thing is is he brought up the name of Everson Walls <laughs> and the discussion oh, of man. multiple <laughs> interceptions in one game. Uh, he became the 14th. Right. Wow. He became the 14th Cowboys player in his, or the 14th time in Cowboys history that uh, they had a, uh, a a player with uh, more than uh, one interception in a game. Now the most was three. Uh, Terrence in his Newman. rookie year. Uh, uh, in his rookie in year. In his rookie year, Terrence oh, Newman year. had okay. had three, and then everybody else had two, including Everson Walls. One, two, three, four times, and it looks like all yep. four were you're in wrong. his rookie you're year. Wrong. What? You're wrong, Mickey. What? Mickey, Mickey, you're wrong. You're wrong. Everson Walls had two interceptions in a game five times in his rookie oh, season. Oh, okay, you counted the playoffs. One of those games was one of those games was more important fast. than a regular season game. It was the <laughs> NFC Championship game. He had two interceptions in San Francisco. In no one remembers season. that. They don't count yeah, in the regular season. But we're, count, season right. we're counting five. We, he got one for the thumb in, in the NFC Championship game as well. And, and you know what's crazy about that? Uh, it's funny that Diggs got his on a, a, a primetime uh, night because I, I, think, uh, I think because they weren't doing it, of course, in the, in, until the modern era came, so to speak. I think I have more interceptions on, you know, uh, Sunday Nationally night, night, night televised uh, games. Yeah. Right. I got more of that than anybody else in history. But, of course, you know, Mel Renfro wasn't playing on Monday night because they didn't have Monday night at the time. Not until so 1970, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just, a modern, that's just a modern era stat that I like to hang my hat on every once in a while. Well, what I want to so know is why did you get all those, those two interception games in your rookie and didn't have any more? What the heck? They finally stopped coming at me, Spags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <They got smart. laughs> they were picking on the rookie. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting. I was there. They just wouldn't come at me. <laughs> you know, and that See, was... Mickey, that's why Byron Jones never got any interceptions. They didn't they go after throwing him, at him right? right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that yeah, was the, the first... Reason. Yeah, that's and that the was reason. Because he had so many interceptions early. And, and, you know, though, I think the last time um, they had somebody, Sean Lee had the last game in 2015. He had those two interceptions. Uh, I believe it was at Indianapolis, right, when they beat the Colts? Uh, well, that was his rookie year his in 2010. Year. Yeah. In 2010, his rookie year. Yeah. And uh, that's the amazing wow. thing is, is the amount of time in between uh, the multiple interception uh, rookie season. So Sean would have had his in uh, 2010, and then Ter- Terrence Newman had his three-pick game as a rookie, I guess, in 03. And then I think you have to go back uh, to – I don't have the list in front of me, Mickey. Maybe you do. Uh, but it goes back to 1990 or, or before that, the most recent since then, out of the, outside of those two. For a rookie, any, any linebackers? For any a rookie, other linebackers uh, they, on had, the list? they had Leroy Jordan. They had they, they had uh, as a rookie, but uh, I think Bruce Carter one one year had two. Sean Lee uh, okay. had a couple, and then Jeff Heath 
uh, was the last one, I think, that had uh, multiple uh, interceptions uh, in a game. But you know what the weird thing is? Is I went back and looked in six of the last seven seasons, the team leader in interceptions only had two. And this guy had two in one game. The, other, the only right. exception was Heath uh, that one year had led the team with three interceptions. But other than that, two's yeah, been the most. True. And he got it in one well, game. Well, Mickey. Yes. Mickey, we, we've, we're halfway through the season, and the team only has three interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them came last night. Well, they got the team leader right now, hey, right? Bill, you, you could have gone this entire segment without bringing that up. We're talking optimism here. We're being optimistic. Come on, Bill. They had four takeaways. That's right. That's, that's why. That's why we need to be optimistic about this team right, right now. It was that's the first right. time because of what happened. It's the first time they they won the turnover differential since the season opener. I believe it was one uh, plus one. Uh, they had one takeaway against the Rams. So that was a step in the right but direction. But that's the most they've had. But they that's the most they've had in it. Well, go, I know go, what two years ago. Probably. I mean, yeah. it had to be since the last time they had. Four turnovers. Uh, it could be the, the 2000. Uh, uh, we have to go back. Do we have to go back to 2016 for that? For that? Didn't I see Mickey that they had four takeaways against the Eagles last year? I, I, I thought year? they did have one that was more recent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it, I saw that in the notes after the game. I have to look it okay. up here. Okay. Uh, all right, Mickey, you alluded to it. So how about the the one takeaway that was the killer play? For the Eagles that resulted in the touchdown, uh, you alluded to the fact that there were uh, two uh, things that went the cow against the Cowboys that should not have gone against the Cowboys on that particular play. Yeah, they 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 drove down to the Eagles twenty-one, and Duke Riley, their linebacker on the line of scrimmage, steps into the neutral zone, and there's no call. And the Cowboys, uh, as Mike McCarthy pointed out, we got an early snap because there was offsides. And there's no call. I don't know how they missed that. They, and, 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 and when they showed it on video replay, he clearly stepped on the line, with the line where the line of scrimmage was. And, and there's no call. Okay, now they come with this blitz and, and, and the... Uh, uh, T.J. Edwards comes clean. No one touches him. He hits Danucci. The ball comes out. There's a scramble for it. And Vinnie Curry is laying on his back, holding the ball on his stomach as Connor Williams is on top of him. Play should be dead, right? Then the ball gets ripped out. Right. It gets kicked backwards, and then McLeod picks it up and runs for a touchdown. And I'm writing in my notes as he's running down the field, you know, unabated. I'm going, okay, this is coming back. This play's over with. Or, or there's a flag out there for offsides. And neither, neither. How, how does that happen? And, and they had an opportunity to look at the play. Could they not see the ball resting in his grasp on yeah, what his happened, stomach? What happened on the review? Because that, because uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were talking about it. They were looking at it. I never heard watching it on television them say that they were 
they were reviewing it. Obviously, all scoring plays are reviewed. Maybe they don't have to make that announcement. But all of a sudden, they're, they're saying, okay, this is going to be reviewed. They got their own analyst who comes on and says, yeah, it looks like he's got possession long enough. And they're this is coming back. And then all of a sudden, they're showing the two-point conversion. Yeah, they're already lined up for a two-point conversion. lined up. And there was no announcement. And then from a broadcast from a broadcast standpoint, they didn't even explain it. They didn't even no, question that. They never that, went back to it to acknowledge exactly. it even at all. Right. Maybe they didn't I mean, want it. They thought they were wrong. They were right. And and, and, and the analyst yeah. can, was can, right. Can we can we challenge? So we can't challenge that? No, that's, you can't challenge. It's a scoring play. And so uh, any scoring play is reviewed from upstairs. And so, so they don't have to make the announcement that it's uh, being reviewed. Uh, from upstairs, but uh, they they need to call down so and say we need the to fact review that this. He's laying on the ground with the ball. And they should have they should have stopped it. They should have stopped it and reviewed it. But apparently they didn't. Uh, at least I, it, I mean there was maybe, no there was no delay. Maybe it was like the fastest were, review ever. Yeah, because there was no delay. Right. Like they were holding up the two point conversion. They they, they, they because right. see when we're here watching it, we can see a live feed and then we see the TV feed. And so I'm watching the TV feed, okay. and they're talking about how, yeah, that looks like, you know, it should have been down by contact, the ball should come back. And then I'm looking at the live feed, and they're lining up for the two-point conversion. And I'm just going, whoa, whoa, what happened? I don't think they ever reviewed it. Yeah. They never did. And so they well, made— you know, they, 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 they were talking about it in the booth, but they never reviewed it. They made two it. mistakes on one play. Two mistakes on one play. And as they, co- mistakes and as they continue— play. yeah. As they continued, no one in the booth or anyone ever made reference to those mistakes again. It's almost like they just wanted to move past it. Right. It was like, well, it doesn't matter. This, you know, the Cowboys are about to be two and six. It doesn't matter. That was a huge turnaround. Exactly. It's a six point game. Who knows? Okay, they recovered the ball. The the ball probably was recovered around the thirty, I don't know, thirty-five. but they still had to it's still fifteen to nine. You know, it's still a ball game. That's right. Plenty of time for Wentz to throw another pick. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. If he had to, right? If he had to. Might have been a pick six this time. Trayvon may have taken it to, to the, the house. And fumble. That, that would be great, too. He did that, that that's a couple right. of times. Yeah, per- he's perfectly capable of doing that. <laughs> so, All right, we're just getting started on – go ahead, Mick. Uh, I, no, go ahead. This will take too long. Okay. All right. Well, that's a great tease right there. <laughs> Mickey has something he wants to say. Coming More up beef. next here on More Mix Shots. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, Cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, to Mick Shots. Don't miss your chance to get tickets to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season as they are coming home to take on the unbeaten 7-0 Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon at 325. Then the Washington football team will be here on Thanksgiving Day. It's the 49ers and the Eagles in December. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Yes, a chance to shock the world on Sunday afternoon at 325 against Big That's Ben right, and the baby. unbeaten Steelers, who are 7-0 for the first time since 1978. And you know my theory we're coming, on... We're coming back with the... Go ahead. You know my theory on that. The more games you win in the row, the closer you're out of losing. <laughs> and hey, that man, means the more games you lose point. in a row, the closer you are to winning, Exactly. Too. The percentage will this, even out. This could be our moment. We're going to bring back the, the memories of Dwayne Thomas. <laughs> We're bringing back the memories of Hollywood Henderson. I want to see some real dogs get out there and play this week, man. We could we could salvage our reputation with this game if we just not just play well but win. I, well, and I don't know if you guys if you guys watched that game or not, but you know I understand Lamar Jackson's ability to run the football, but as a team, Baltimore ran for. 265 yards. Ran for 265 yards against that. They were just running right through their defense. I don't I don't know how so you're saying Baltimore could lose that game other than they turned the ball over. Yeah, that so was you're saying reason. that the, the Cowboys, if the Cowboys just give the ball to Zeke and Tony Pollard, they might be able to drive down the field. Oh, but wait. There's a wide receiver pass, a reverse pass instead. That was my other play that I was going to get into. Who's throwing it? (laughs) All right, you want to go to that now? Sure, go ahead. Early Early third quarter, Cowboys are running the football seven straight times, six yards a carry. They go 42 yards in seven plays. They're getting it down into... Field goal position at least. Second Just and eight at the right 26. At Fletcher Cox. Hammering it at Fletcher Cox behind the Cowboys. Multiple-time Pro Bowl offensive guard Zach Martin time and time again. And second and eight at the 28. And what's your call, Mickey? 
I'm probably handing the ball <laughs> what's, off. Not, not what's your call. <laughs> I'm handing it off to get a shorter third down play. But no, the Cowboys had to reach into their bag of tricks and hand the ball off to Zeke going one way, and he hands it to Cedric Wilson going the other way to his right. He looked like he was getting the ball in his throwing hand. Uh, I'm not sure who he was supposed to throw to, but he probably wasn't open. And Fletcher Cox, Terrence Steele just does a big whiff on the line of scrimmage. And, and, and Cox comes in and drops Wilson for a 10-yard loss. 10-yard loss. So now you're trying to have to kick a field goal because you're probably not picking up third and 18. They gained, I think, two yards. And they tried a 52-yard field goal uh, that took a right turn uh, before it got to the uprights. <laughs> I mean a right turn almost 90 degrees. Now I don't I know the wind was blowing hard and it was gusting, but that was the weirdest looking kick I've ever seen. And so now No, three, that came right off the foot, Spags. It I wasn't wonder, just it didn't take a right turn. It immediately came off the foot and went right. That's a slice. All right, that's well, what that's called. He was probably trying to kick it just like he did at the end of the first half which was the, uh, the line drive, screwball, knuckleball, whatever it was, that went through, never got more than 12 yards off the ground, it looked like. And, he, and because of the wind, he, uh, he had to kick it like that in order to get it through to, from 59 yards, and maybe from 52 he decided to kick it the same way. And that's what happens when you try that. Oh, that back in my golfing well, days me, when the, the wind's blowing like this. that, in my golfing days when the wind's blowing like that, you had to hit a wind skimmer. You kind of hit that drive low, right, so mm -hmm. it didn't get up in the gusts. That's my... My grounder, my grounder comes in very good right then <laughs> on days like that. All right, all right we're, so, but we're but getting anyway, away from the point. But anyway, okay? the point is that the play cost them a reasonable distance field goal. Uh, so you, the three you didn't get, and then you set them up at the 42 It would have been a 12-7 lead. Right, right. Mm -hmm. and, and you set them up at the 42-yard line, and they only had to drive 58 yards for a touchdown. Uh, so you went from possibly going up, as Bill said, 12-7 if uh, Zerline makes the field goal, to now you're trailing 15-9. to and, and, and it was like, I understand what they were trying to do, and they probably thought they had set that play up. But again, you've got to remember who you're relying on on the offensive line. And, 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 and the worst part was, uh, and, and I don't know if you guys went back and looked at the play, when Steele missed Cox, he, he kind of went forward, and he was standing there in no man's land about five yards from the line of scrimmage, <laughs> just kind of looking around like, well, what do I do now? And it's like, no, dude, it's too Mickey, late. Mickey, the worst part of it is, you're playing with a quarterback who's got three NFL practices under his belt. You're down there inside the 30-yard line in field goal range. The only way you're winning this game, you're going to win a field goal battle. You cannot count on being able, and it's nothing against Ben DiNucci. I think he's probably got a great future in this league, but he's got three practices under his belt. You cannot count on him to lead you on touchdown drives. You have to kick field goals when you have the opportunity to kick field goals. You're down there at the 28-yard line. 
Keep hammering away, and if it if the drive bogs down, you're in field goal range, and it sets the tone for the whole rest of the game. If you're able to kick that chip shot field goal and make it a 12-7 lead, when the Eagles come back and get their touchdown and two-point conversion, they're only ahead of you by three points instead of six points. So the next time down, when you're in scoring position again, you're not trying to score touchdowns. You're just trying to kick field goals, and you have a chance to win the game. That's how you win a football game when you've got a quarterback with three practices under his belt. And it, could, it could even go better than that, Bill. Uh, what, if the, what if it goes better than that? Let's say you go down and you score a touchdown. Or you right. say you kick a field goal. Who says that Philadelphia comes back down and scores? They might feel more pressure to call an entirely different game plan, which might put them in a desperate situation. Keller Moore is thinking just like you, Bill. We, we didn't really want to put our quarterback in a situation to try and make a play down there so close to the red zone. So that's why he ran the play. But as right. far as I'm concerned, you don't need Cedric Wilson or anybody with a, with a, a jersey number uh, that's not in the 20s. So you should have had either number 21 or number 20 continuing right. to tote that rock, continuing to tote that rock the way we were doing it. My son and I was watching the matchup between Zach Martin and Fletcher Cox. Zach's killing this dude, man. Fletcher Cox was taking plays off. He was going to take a playoff on that play if it wasn't for the, for the whiff that, uh, that uh, Spags was talking about. And the reason uh, Steele had nowhere to go, no one to block, because everyone else was fooled on that play. There was only one person to block, and that was the one that he just missed. Now, as I continue with that, you've got this athletic guy in Wilson. He comes around with the ball. If he could have just continued to, out, he, to, to, to uh, not allow Cox, Fletcher Cox to out, uh, outflank him, he could have tucked the ball, as far as I'm concerned, continued to go towards the sideline, give a little bit more, and if nothing else, you could just throw an incomplete pass. He did not have to let Cox uh, tackle him on that play. As far as I was concerned, he's much better athletically than what he showed on that play. He should have gotten away from Cox on that one. But even, said, even all that said, even all of that said, you continue to tote that rock. We're going to get closer and closer, continue to pound them and do what we got to do. You know what the problem is with offensive coordinators? Freaking egos. They kill me. They don't want to say, oh, we just ran the ball down. Well, that's not showing any ingenuity as far as they're concerned. They always want to show how smart they are. That's why I got 57 interceptions on these clowns, because they <laughs> always feel like they have to do something spectacular. Stick to the script. Stop being cute. That's the offensive coordinators for you. Right. And you, gotta, you, know you gotta what? have patience. And that was the second time they wasted. A possession because the second possession of the game after they recovered the fumble, if you remember, they were first in goal at the four. First in goal at the four, they hand the ball to Zeke, and Cam Irving gets smoked, uh, and, and Zeke gets dropped for a, a three-yard loss. He, he he missed his block, just totally missed the block, and then it's second in goal at the seven. And Steele gets beat by Graham, uh, uh, and, and and he another sack and right. a fumble. So, 
You can't wait when when, when you're offensively challenged. And and Danucci said it after the game. He said the way I look at it, when you cross the 50, that should turn into points at some point. You got to get yep. points. And That's and, and they crossed the 58 mm-hmm. times uh, and and came away with no better than field goals. And then and then they had uh, the two. Uh, fumbles uh, that that seriously cost them in this game. Hey, Mickey, if if Bill Parcells was watching that game last night, and and Everson, you know this as well as anyone, he was pulling his hair out uh, with. I mean, because he's probably had flashbacks to Tony Romo, his rookie year out of Eastern Illinois. And okay, what if I could just see Parcells looking at this game going? Now, this is an example of what if Tony Romo had got thrown into a regular season game his rookie year without any experience, coming into camp as a fourth-string quarterback. This is what would have happened with him. And, and I guarantee you Parcell's philosophy in that game would have been, we're kicking field goals every time we get a chance to kick a field goal. We're not giving this guy an opportunity to get sacked fumble, throw a pick on the even down there with second and goal at the seven yard line. The goal is we have to at least get a field goal and don't put don't put this quarterback in harm's way of getting either sacked and fumbling or throwing a pick on the end zone, uh, on the goal line. You know that whole that whole sequence uh, and when he was getting sacked reminded me uh, of the 1991 game when the Cowboys had to go to Philadelphia the end of the year, and if they won the game, they were going to clinch a wild-card playoff berth. Uh, Troy Aikman was hurt the game before against Washington. That Burline came in and, and, and saved the day, and they won the game. So getting ready for uh, the Eagles, Jimmy Johnson went to Burline and said, I don't care how many incompletions you throw. I don't care what your quarterback rating is. Do not take a sack because that gets their defense riled up. It'll get this crazy crowd riled up. You just throw the ball away. And I think Burline might have finished the first half like four for 12 or something, four for 13, but he kept throwing the ball <laughs> it away. It was ugly. And, and then the second half, the worm turns, and they end up winning the game and, and clinching yeah. a wild card uh, playoff berth. But do Big not game. take a sack. And that should have been I'm the I'm looking mentality. it up right now. Hey, I'm hey, looking Bill, it up right now. Burline, to, Burline in that game. Well, go ahead, Everson. I was going to say, just to speak to Parcells, uh, mentality. San Francisco championship game in can, uh, at uh, Candlestick. At, at uh, Candlestick, uh, fifteen to thirteen, we won yep. the uh, NFC championship game. Matt Barr, five field goals to win it, and then there you go. The game it, winner, the game winner with no time left on the clock. So you're exactly and, right about Parcells. And and in that game um, that Mickey's talking about, Steve Berline was 9 out of 31 for 145 <laughs> yards in the game. And uh, that was the uh, Kelvin Martin punt return right, game. Right. Yes, it and, was. Uh, Huge. That was the, to me, that was the biggest play in the Jimmy Johnson era. I mean, in the history of his era. I mean, you could go all kind of other plays. But that play right there turned it around for that team. 
That uh, final score was 25 to 13, but that was a 10-8 Philadelphia lead going into the fourth quarter. And then Kmart had his 85-yard punt return to give the Cowboys the lead at 15 to 10. Get this, get this, Everson. Then Roger Ruzik kicked a field goal for the Eagles to make it the score. But made the score. 15 to 13, just like the game that you're talking about in San Francisco. And then right. the Cowboys in the closing couple of minutes had a touchdown pass to Irvin and a Ken Willis field goal to make the final 25 to 13. But that was the, exactly what type of game that should have been last night yeah. where you, the, you have to value the football because Carson Wentz was not valuing the football on the other side. And that gave you every hey, opportunity to win you, that guys, game. It's plays like that that turn things around. I mean, it, it makes you think and play differently. And that's what I keep looking for for these, this team. Just give me one play. One play can add to something else, can add to something else, and these guys won't have to feel as if they're losers right now. You can lose games, but you don't want to feel like one. You want some optimism. You want some momentum. That Kmart did it for them. They need to have some, some moment where it could do it for this team as well. All right, uh, we continue with more mixed shots here in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller light together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. 
All right, we just got about seven minutes left on this uh, Monday edition of Mix Shots. Uh, Mickey, uh, earlier you were about to say something, and we ran out of time in that first segment, and I'm not sure where you were going with that, but I want to give you the opportunity to say whatever is on your mind. You mean I'm supposed to remember something from a half hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> I know. pretty good. I, know, I was going to say. <laughs> I know what it was. Uh, when they purposely took the safety on the snap to the punt. So we're sitting there watching the game yep. upstairs, and uh, Derek Eagleton and myself, we're looking at each other, and I'm going, oh, this is going to be a disaster. You, you know, Chris Jones, is he's got that that abdomen injury, and he's not punting the well uh, ball well. They're going to get this ball at about the 35-yard line, right? And then the next thing we know, they snap it way over his head, and I'm going, LP, did he just do that? And then it dawned on me what they were doing. They didn't want to give them the opportunity for a short field field goal. They said, hey, let's just take the safety, give up two points, and then kick the ball away. Well, they weren't going to kick it away. They came up with that pooch kick uh, to try to – uh, basically, yeah. an onside kick. That's great. And you know what? If those guys would have caught the Not ball, a bad it, was try a, at all. it was a great idea. They almost Not had it. Not a bad try at all. Yes, yes. I love the no quit attitude, man. I mean, but, you know, as you look at this game, you, the coaches, they're doing all they can. I mean, they've had some time to, to prep with this quarterback. They uh, put in some razzle dazzles, and that was really. Uh, uh, Really thought-provoking in regards to, to what they did with the pooch kick after the safety. Uh, but what I was I- impressed with was the play of both of our defensive ends. I thought Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, I thought they came in and played well. Uh, I-, I loved uh, Gregory's uh, hustle. He never did give up on any play. He never was too far out of position. Uh, of course, there were some mistakes made. But... Just the optimism that came from, from the, the way that these, this defense played. I know Philadelphia is having their problems offensively. But when you look at just the recognition of the, the players themselves, it's not just about who you're going against and how badly they're playing. It's about the recognition of your team. We saw our defense do some things that we hadn't seen all year long. They were respectable against the run. They, they weren't too far out of position on pretty much any play that night. And those are the things that you, that's how, how our bar is set right now. But we're building on that. And I love the momentum that's possible coming from this game. You got interceptions, you got turnovers, you had pressure. You had pressure. I mean, Mike Nolan had to feel real good about how his blitzes were showing up and giving Wentz problems. So that's something that we can carry on. I don't care who you're playing against, Big Ben, uh, Daniel, I don't care who it is. Pressure is pressure, and it makes it makes you react a certain way. I'm um, hopefully that's going to be good for the Cowboys. You know, they started the game off uh, uh, having trouble against the run. Uh, the Eagles had 54 yards rushing in the first quarter, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, here we go again, another 200 yards rushing." Right? Well. They finally shut it down, stayed in their gaps, and the rest yep. of the way they only gave up in the next three quarters 65 yards rushing. So they figured something yep. out, and, and, and you could tell the more Leighton Vanderesh was playing, 
the better he was getting in rhythm of what was going on, and he started making plays, and it's starting to look more like his old self. And then Sean Lee comes in. Um, oh, I printed it out. I don't remember how many plays he ended up getting. It wasn't that many. Four. Four plays. Four snaps. Yeah. Four snaps. But but he yep. showed he showed that you know what he knows what's going on out there, and, and so it really helped. And, I think having him on the sideline. You know what, Mickey? Mickey, I think I think that they made him. They knew that he wasn't going to play that many snaps in the game, and they basically just got him out there for one series, really. And but I think that they they felt like it was valuable to have him on the sideline to help out those linebackers with his preparation and so forth. Uh, and because in this COVID, with the rules with COVID, he can't be on the sideline if he's in, if he's on injured reserve. But as an active player, obviously he's on the sideline and he can help out. Maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but I think I think there's not a coincidence that they made some adjustments during that game and take nothing away from the coaches either. It's just That's that right. preparation that Sean Lee has, and he's able to coach up Layton and Jalen as they make adjustments as the game goes along. You saw it on the sideline shot. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's not forget, in order for linebackers to play well, you know, we have to continue with with our reasons here. The linebackers were able to play well because the defensive linemen kept them unoccupied. So as long as that relationship is there – your, your linebackers are going to be even more effective. And as long as those defensive ends are setting the edge correctly, then you, that's less ground that your linebackers have to cover, your inside linebackers have to cover as well. So it's all about coordination and working together. It seems like they've got that going. Once again, not a very talented team, but I don't care who you're playing against. As long as you do your job right, you give yourself a better chance against no matter how good the offensive team is. And let's remember this. Here's the other thing that I like. Okay, well, go ahead, Mickey. Oh, I thought you were getting ready to Don't end the bad. show. Make your point, and I'll, I'll end it with mine. All right. I'm, uh, the other thing that I like going forward as we go into the second half of the year, the moves that they made last week. Now, Everson Griffin, he wants to play on a, on a team that's contending for a playoff spot. We'll see if Detroit is that team for him. But with releasing Don Terry Poe and Daryl Worley, I want guys on my team the second half of the year that are competing not only for this year, but for next year too. And I think that's what they're getting at. And I think that's where you're, you're going to find this team playing with more passion on defense, especially because you're going to have yes. guys on this team that are playing for contracts next year too. And I think one, uh, and the one thing that I think we need to remember going forward, uh, I know the Cowboys are two and six. Philadelphia's only got one more win than they do. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you're telling That's me it. there's Believe a chance. Believe it or not, we're still in the hunt, baby. <laughs> it ain't over until it's over, baby. <laughs> it ain't over yet. <laughs> Mickey, are they going to make a tr- another trade by uh, tomorrow afternoon? Listening to Stephen Jones, it sure didn't sound like that they were uh, actively looking for anything or wanting to do anything, and he kept bringing up the impact those trades have on your salary cap, uh, and they know they're going to need money next year. So if anybody looks at the salary cap and go, oh, they've got all this money this year, it's not about this year. It's about the next year going forward. So you have to be careful, and I think they've got a decision to make on the punter. 
Um, you know, they, they, they had the guy on the practice squad, uh, and, I, and I believe uh, he was able to uh, go to the game. Uh, he wasn't at the game, but made the trip. So you never know, Hunter the punter might end up being the punter if, if, if they decide Chris Jones is just uh, trying to kick through this injury. Hunter, Hunter <laughs> Niswander. He may not have to wander much longer oh, because he God. may have a we spot. We've got a poet with ever since. <laughs> A poet that don't know it. That's right. It's a a rhyme every time. All right, that does it for mix shots for this Monday. We'll tell you all about the trades that the Cowboys make tomorrow at 1.30 here on Mix Shots. Go Cowboys! (laughs) This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!